Hello and welcome to Matt Stevens Unplugged, your weekly catch-up of all things sort of related to cycling in one way or another. Now, in this show, I chat with Alice Barnes about IKEA furniture, sharing the podium with your sister and missing out on racing in her national champs jersey. Podland's most popular snack-based trivia segment returns and there'll be another stage of the Grand Chores for me to commentate on too. Hello and welcome. Are you ready? Because it's that time again The Sigma's boss presents Matt Stevens Are you sitting comfortably? If not, you can upgrade to a new category of comfort with ASOS. For a limited time only, you can save £20 when you buy any ASOS bib shorts or shorts. Now, shorts are basically the same as bib shorts, but without the bib bit at sigmasports.com. All you need to do is simply apply the code COMFORT20 to your basket. And why not head to sigmasports.com forward slash podcast, where you can find all the details on this and all of our latest offers. Alice Barnes won the 2019 British National Road Championships in both the women's road race, road race. <laughs> I knew it. It was a, it was, it was my, it was a, a brain lag. Uh, I'm going to have to do something just really quickly. Just bear with me one sec. Just going to take my earphones out, remove my top. It's just too hot. Oh, so I'm in a Star Wars t-shirt. Now I'm just reduced to Star Wars leggings, right? But rolled up to the light pants. Alice Barnes won the 2019 British National Road Championships in both the women's road race and the time trial. So it's fair to say that 2020 had promised to be a massive year for her. And it has been, because she's ended up on this pod. Could the former women's team time trial world champion put the disappointment aside to focus her attention solely on the world's premier snack-based trivia game? Well, this is a woman who prepares meticulously, as you're about to find out. Hello, Alice Barnes. Hello, thanks for having me on. You, you sound absolutely elated. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've not been awake an hour yet, so it's rest day, so. Oh yeah, okay. I'll so, have to warm up a bit. That's, that's fine, we'll, we'll try and warm you up. We've got, we've got lots of little things that we're, we're gonna be doing, hopefully. Um, uh, and if our conversation dries up, we'll just we'll just end it. So I wouldn't worry um, <laughs> too, too, too much. But um, I believe before we sort of move on, um, first thanks thanks for coming onto the pod. Um, but from our interaction um, on a on a, one of the digital platforms that we communicate on, sometimes um, this is your first. You've never been on a podcast, have you? I haven't. No, I've done different kind of things. I've done a bit of Zoom calls. This like quarantine time but not a podcast so what are your initial feelings about being um at the, at the gate of podland i'm the gatekeeper you you've you've knocked on the door of podland i've opened a little kind of wooden kind of like eye hole within that wooden door and it's just my eye looking through are you are you ready to walk into podland oh it depends what you ask me Okay. <laughs> as long as I can answer everything you want to know, then it should be all right. But. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, we'll start off nice and easy. The door is now open. We're now in. We're in podcast now. But no. In all seriousness, uh, Alice, thanks. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, before we sort of chat about just general stuff, we will just see where the conversation meanders. Could you describe for the the listeners um, where you are in the world and what you can see in your peripheral vision? I'm in, well, it has been sunny Manchester, but the last few days it's been a very windy Manchester. Um, 
and just in our spare slash stretching room at home. My laptop sat on a pile of clean washing, but stuff that needs putting away. I've got a lot of foam rollers and balls that need to help me stretch and stuff. And then just a lot of, got some medals around and my nationals jersey. Very nice. Some little um, prints from Harrogate and yeah, some memories and stuff. So yeah, it's nice. Very nice. Uh, so you've got like a stretching room. That, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, we just in we moved into our house at the end of 2017, and it took about two years to do up. And then in our spare room, we got one of those day beds because um, didn't want to waste the space of a whole double bed. So we made it a bit of a stretching room, which was meant to be outside, but. Have you, got one of, have you got one of those day beds from Ikea? Yeah, you probably white, know is exactly it, is it the, the one. Is it the white one with the drawers underneath? Yeah. Whoa, with this, I'm looking at mine now. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> I am, I'm yeah. sat on mine, but yeah. You're sat, they're very, I mean, I mean, other day beds are available, but they are an absolute corking day bed, aren't they? Yeah, they're um, great. i tell you that one of the things I like about it the most, obviously it can be stowed away and you can store lots of stuff um, and you People can sleep on it, you can sit in it like a sofa. But the, the drawer action is so smooth, isn't it? Yeah, it's very impressive. I mean, um, most of our house is Ikea. Yeah. Um, like I think a lot of people's are. It's just a great day out. Um, the building's not so fun, it takes a while, but yeah, very good quality. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it can't really end up like an Ikea podcast. But when, when a brand <laughs> makes such nice stuff... And, you know, uh, I'm looking around. Yeah, pretty much my entire loft area is IKEA furniture, including this desk. Anyway, moving on. Well, actually, I'm going to stick with uh, IKEA for a little bit longer. Do you? Are you a fan of the meatballs? Do you go to the little restaurant at the end? I've never had the meatballs. It's normally and I've been in IKEA for around three hours by the time I'm leaving, and I just want to get out of there. Do you? Um, I've normally got some very heavy, big, chunky trolleys with me. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it can be quite stressful in, in IKEA, but also, I mean, I, I think what takes the stress away is a plate of meatballs. It just kind of lowers the blood pressure. And and a cheeky little thing that I that I've always loved uh, when I leave is you know, you know there's a, a like a little kind of food shop. Yeah, well, there's the pick and mix, and there's also the mini dime bar bags. Do you like yeah. mini dime bars? They are nice. I mean, they're like yeah, they're like it's so addictive. Yeah, my friend Abby Van Twisk has some in her car. Um, she tries to trek, and so her car got broken into, and that's what they took. They took they took a, di- <laughs> a, a, di- <laughs> a bag of dime bars and oh, a pair no. of cheap um, sunglasses, and that's well, there. Well, Abby, if you, if you're listening, um, <laughs> we're just sending our thoughts and prayers, um, and maybe we could get a, like a little Kickstarter to sort of buy some new ones. Uh, and that's an That'd awful nice. story. I mean, I mean, we started off high, and now we've. It's a oh God, it's gone a bit sad, isn't it? Poor old Abby. Yeah. Blimey. Where do we take the podcast from there? Uh, <laughs> Alice, to be perfectly honest with you, it's a tough one. Actually, yeah, how have you been? I mean, um, this we are living, as I said to every guest, you know, this um, we started this podcast primarily because at Sigma, we normally make videos and um, we can't make any videos at the moment. So I thought, oh, we'll just, we'll just chat to people. And I just wondered how, how you've been coping. You've obviously been based in the UK, haven't you? Yeah, I think we've had it quite easy, the fact that I've not been locked inside. But I yeah. think um, the yeah, the weather's been nice, the riding's been nice. It's just, it's a bit strange. I think, obviously, normally I'd be racing a lot. 
but mm. my home life isn't too diff- like different to this when I am at home. Um, obviously, the odd days here and there, we go to dinner with friends and do socialise. But on a lot of training days, you kind of go on your bike, um, get home, and then by then it's kind of lunch goes straight into dinner with a bit of yeah. fortune telling in between. So, F- fortune telling, watching telly. Oh, I thought you said. <laughs> God Almighty. Oh, that would be a twist, wouldn't it? Sorry, that would be. A re- I-, I thought we got a whole new podcast coming up um, where where people ring in uh, and just you give them their, 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 their sorry fortune telling. No, there's a lot of telly watching going on at the moment, isn't there? But uh, yeah. But, but I suppose you know the fact that you're not locked down and and. And obviously, there's a lot of other kind of restrictions, but aside from the actual racing, you're training as normal, I guess. And and have you got any sort of a any sort of a plan now? There's been a bit of a tentative calendar released, or are you just still keeping like generally fit, or have you got a little bit more focus now? No, I think I mean it's what is it May? Um, there's still two months, May, June, July, yeah two months until the season is going to potentially start again so it's a yeah. long time i think if you think about it it's kind of the winter again yeah um so yeah just keeping generally fit and then i mean heard yesterday that with this new quarantine if you go in or out of the country you might be stuck in for two weeks or something so that's a bit interesting something i guess i have to look into but yeah i think Everyone's saying, oh, did you take time off and stuff? But at the end of the day, it's all there is to do. So I just kept, yeah, exploring some roads, riding my bike and just enjoying it. So whereabouts in Manchester exactly are you? You'd kind of very, you're, I would imagine you'd be really near the Peak District, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, well, it's about half an hour but to the bottom of Brickworks, but straight away in the lanes and then, yeah, it's nice. I've got a bit of everything around me. So are you out on your road bike most of the time or have you, have you mixed it up a little bit? You've been on that mountain bike and stuff? Uh, yeah, I've done road, mountain bike, TT. done a bit of Zwift with the Tour for All, some races and um, yeah, the tram rides that there was and that kind of thing. So yeah, they have everything. And, and we have, I mean, we might as well get it out there. We might as well get it out of the way first. I mean, we've ridden together IRL in real life on several occasions with the Canyon Tram Camp, the Zwift Academy. Um, but we... We wrote, we kind of semi raced last week together in the Donny Chain Gang on Zwift, didn't we? Yeah. We call it semi race because it was it was it might as well have been a race. That second lap was horrible, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I just I kept riding it at my own pace. I had a little group, but you kept moaning it was too fast. But you were at the front, so I didn't really get that one. <laughs> it's, it's like I don't get it. Everyone was moaning that it was too hard, and you can drop off. It's not like there's like a shark at the back that's going to eat you. So no, I think yeah, that's just that was stupid. A bit- yeah, it's a bit. You yeah, man up, really. No, I think what it was, uh, Alice. I mean, just want to get it out there. I, I wanted to give people um, ride-ons. I like. I like. I've got a funny thing when I get when I, even when I'm training quite hard, and I've got no reason to train quite hard, but I generally ride quite hard. And so, I always like to give ride-ons. And what? And this is this is such a worst, such a bad excuse. But I got dropped because I was out of the saddle giving ride-ons. Looked up, and then a gap had opened. <laughs> So I had to nail it across the gap, and then I complained that people were going too fast. Anyway, um, but yeah, the, the, the that that's quite cool. That that's one of the things, isn't it? About, I mean, obviously, um, Zwift are heavily involved uh, with the Canyon Tram team, but during this time, Zwifting, whether you're just doing a social ride or whether you're doing a race, is helped out massively, isn't it? Yeah, I think especially for people who have that's all they have had. I think 
whenever you do do a Zwift, you're doing an indoor training session, just being on Zwift seems to make it go a lot quicker um, mm. just for riding in general. So, yeah, I think it's amazing. And obviously we work quite closely with them and have the Zwift Academy. And, um, yeah, I think it's just quite uh, a cool setup. And how did you get roped into the Donny Chain game? Because you, you are coached by Dean, aren't you, Dean Downing? Yeah. No, um, I actually um, put my hand up for it. Because I, I had a session to do anyway, just a bit of a depletion zone three session. And then I thought, oh, I'll give this chain gang thing a go. Um, yeah. Because I just saw it on Instagram. And yeah, I've not been know. on one since. So maybe that explains it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, do you know what? I'd, um, just a quick question about coaching. I mean, I've, I've obviously raced with Dean uh, Dean and Russ for years. And they've got this uh, yeah. Dean Downing coaching company now, haven't they? Um, so how long have you been coached by Dino? Uh, it was not November 2018. Um, so I've always, I've had a British cycling coach, um, since I was on the mountain bike program. I joined, well, since I can remember, I've had a few just from the different talent team, ODP Academy. Um, and then for a year I just didn't really have one and I didn't get one because I was pretty happy. I knew what I needed to do, so I just did it myself, but then I just, it was more that I knew what I was doing and I was doing it right, but I always felt like guilty if I'd give myself a day off because I was like, well, I'm giving myself a day off. Do I need it? Um, And obviously that kind of stuff you do need. And I think just more mentally, it was quite tough always questioning myself. And yeah, I just, um, I've always known the Tullets, Ben and Dan Tullet quite well. And Ben was coached by Dean. And won the, um, won the world, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And yeah, I've always known of Russ and Dean. I think maybe I was on Motorpoint um, Marshall's past with them years ago, just as a junior. And I think, yeah, I just liked the way that he seemed to coach and just approached him. And yeah, he's really great. And, and how is he? Because he, he's a good lad, isn't he? I mean, is, yeah. have you got a good relationship? I mean, obviously your results, especially, I mean, your results leading into 2018 were good anyway, but then they certainly picked up a level, didn't they? Yeah, I think um, the communication is really good. And I think I've been racing and I've, I know myself quite well. So quite open and like kind of bounce ideas off each other. And yeah, just let him know how I feel. Because at the end of the day, he can see my numbers and my training peaks and stuff. But he still doesn't know how I'm feeling myself. So it's quite yeah, yeah nice just to be able to discuss it openly and not... Um, feel like you have to do it just because it's been sat I guess because I approach him and I yeah pay for it that it's in my interest to make it work and um, course, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's good I like it I mean that's quite an interesting one I know on the men's side of things and the men's world tour generally speaking I'm not, not exclusively but most world tour teams now uh, the coaching's in house, and, yeah. and I know with, with Canyon Shram, you've got exceptional sort of staff there. So, so are they are they in liaison a little bit with Dino, or, or is it purely he'll share the files with you, and then your DSs uh, or the coaching staff will look at it, or is it completely separate? How does that work? Um, yeah, I think everyone. Well, a lot of people have their own coach, and if we wanted one from the team, we could. There's one there that we could use, but sure. Um, yeah, everyone has such great relationships with their own I think it's strange to kind of um change that um and then yeah the staff are in contact with Dean all the time and they're all on my training peaks they can see what I'm up to and 
yeah, just obviously through emails and texts and stuff, everyone's linked. So yeah, it makes it a lot easier. I mean, you you mentioned uh, at the, the top that, you know, obviously some of your success, especially last year, where you had an amazing year at the national championships as well as the European championships, but you won the TT and yeah. the road champs. Um, it must be... A little bit disappointing that you can't that you haven't raced so much this year in, in, in that jersey. I mean, it's, I'm stating the obvious, but I mean, and there's a lot of other people in similar situations of various national champions, world champions, of course. But how does that make you feel? Do you feel a little bit kind of uh, not miffed, but do you feel a little bit kind of let down, or how, how does that make you kind of feel? Um, yeah, it is disappointing. It's, I mean, I did get a taste of it at the end of last year, racing in the national stripes and. Yeah, it's nice to be able to do. I was looking forward to like Yorkshire and the women's tour to be able to race in it in the UK, but I mean, it's no one's fault really, is it, that no. I can't. And um, I guess people are like, oh, if the Nationals are cancelled, it's lucky for you. And I'm like, well, maybe it'll just give me a bit of a chance to race in it. But I think, yeah, it just depends what happens. And I've been able to train in it and, yeah, done some races and stuff. So it's been really nice and, yeah. I suppose I'll have the stripes on my arm for the rest of my career, so that's you, not bad. You will indeed. You will indeed. I mean, I, I'm um, when, when you won. Um, it's Norfolk, wasn't it? You won last year, wasn't it? Yeah. In Norfolk. Yeah. Um, did what did you the following day? Because um, you won the TT first, then won the Road Champs a few days later. Did you go for a cafe ride in the actual jersey you got on the podium? I need to know that. No, I you didn't. Didn't. <laughs> didn't. Why not? I don't know actually, I never thought about that. I've the jerseys I got on the podium, I've always just thought they were podium jerseys. Oh no, do you think, no. <laughs> if you go onto the BC yeah, website, if you go I think it's regulation eighty four point two B, uh, it does allow you uh one like like a like a free day to wear the podium jersey at the calf. Um, oh, as long okay. as it's, yeah, as long as it's in the UK, because I, I actually picked up on that rule when, when I, I got teed down my my national champs jersey, <laughs> and it's it's in a frame now, obviously. Um, but it, you, know, you can it's still see the little tea stain on it. It's, it's quite quite charming. I should but, have yeah. done that, really. Yeah. Have, uh, yeah, too late, I guess. Indeed. Well, I tell you what, that this um, this all this talk of kind of tea and cafe. Actually, what's your favourite cafe where, where you live? Give a shout out to your favourite cafe where you live because that, that's one of the things that we all miss, isn't it? Is going to cafes. I mean, I'm, are you a cafe ride fan? I am, but <clears throat> I don't really. I can't always have a coffee because. Bit of a strange one, but I always blow hmm. after them. Calf stops. No. I always just have a like massive low, and I don't oh, know what it is. I think it's like all oh, the sugar high. If I have a bit of cake, everything, all the blood goes to my stomach and not my legs or my head. So, but favorite calves. Um, there's a cute one, Set Valley. They've got a cute little hut calf. Um, oh yeah. Then there's the wizard at the top of the climb out of Alderley Edge. They've got a cute calf behind them. Oh, I don't know that one. Okay. Just um, La Fabrica's just opened up in Wilmslow, which is half an hour. Oh, blimey. That, that's the one in, in just start off in Girona, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So they've just opened up. I, the There is a, a, a definite phenomenon. Um, I couldn't say phenomenon then. It's quite a tough word to say, isn't it, this time of the morning? I have had one coffee, by the way. But one, one thing that, that you mentioned was getting that kind of sugar rush. It's it's technically known as cafe bonk yes. um but i generally used to get it before i mean this is like 20 30 years ago I'd go to a cafe we generally have a tea or in the late 90s when coffee started to get a bit more fashionable we used to have a cafetiera coffee get get back on the bike start riding and then within about 3k i'd 
like start seeing stars. Yeah, and, and literally have, uh, and but several of us, we generally, if we'd all had something similar to eat and made a similar effort get into the cafe, and we're all kind of similar kind of size and weight, yeah, it kind of affects us in the same way. But I used to quite enjoy it. It was like a mini kind of high. It was kind of weird, and but then you ride through it, and your body picks up, but it is quite. It's a strange one, isn't it? All my periphery vision used to go a little bit, and then I used to see all these little stars. Yeah, uh, I think it's generally because we used to press on quite hard straight out the calf, but um. And, and I think eventually we start to do it on purpose just to experience it. But yeah, cafe bonk. There you go. Scientific. Scientific. I always do attack out the calf, so maybe that's my issue. Do you? That's, pro- that's probably what it is. <laughs> that's probably what it is. Are you, are you one of these people that won't wait for everybody else? Just like, right, we're going now and you're off. Or are you like one of these kind of like... No, I wait and then I just like... Maybe, yeah, I get that high and then I just start doing some random attacks and sprints and then it hits me and I pay for it massively. Do you remember that? I mean, you obviously will remember it. The... Um, that cafe at the bottom of the Sierra Nevada a couple of years ago. We did it this year, didn't we? But then sorry, yeah. 2019 and then 2018, where I think it was Lars Teutenberg, wasn't it? Decided to just ride off. And it was that classic thing. We're all eating. And then he said, right, I'm off. And yeah. we ended up chasing, didn't we? Do you remember? I that do. Was- I, I just, and then towards the top, I just had an absolute altitude hit me hard. And yeah. you all dropped me. And then obviously I was going to miss the turning. So you had to wait for me and, Oh, it's a pretty rough day, that one, actually. Yeah, it was a long old day in the saddle, but yeah. a lot of fun. A, 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 a long old a, day in the saddle and then like a six-hour hike. In oh, crumbs the, the, the hike. <laughs> oh, my God, the hike. That's, um, yeah, that's, yeah, very, very strange. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah. I, I, what did you end up doing this year? Because obviously we, we did the academy, didn't we? Oh, I left, off. Yeah, I, I kind of left with the other. So what did you end up doing as your, did you do a big hike? Yeah, it was a big hike again, but obviously without the ride in the morning. Yeah, I mean the bit, so we, yeah, I mean we could go on about that all day because it was a it was a very very big day out, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. that culminated in a hike. Well, rode to the, a 6-hour ride to the Sierra Nevada. Um the climb itself was about, it was maybe six. Hours. It was maybe six and a half, seven, wasn't it? And we spread out over like maybe half an hour. Yeah. Then we got in the vans um to get changed and then we we did like a 3-hour hike and and we lost all the light, didn't we? So we had to walk yeah. back. Somebody can you hear a, a, a bell? Um, maybe it's just in my ears. It's just somebody texting me, congratulating me on a good podcast. Uh, this isn't live, by the way. It must have been. <laughs> it must have been another podcast. But no, that was a that was a day. I'm scarred actually from that day. You know, uh, I, and I do talk about it as if it was all like one of the, my favourite races or one of those epic races that you that I've done. It's going to live yeah. long in the memory. I just can't walk, so I think that just ruined it for me. Walking's not my thing. Yeah, but we, what sort of shoes did you use? Because I used my going to the pub shoes for that walk. Oh, you did? I had Ugg boots on. <clears throat> <laughs> so basically, if anybody's thinking, what the hell are these guys talking about? <laughs> Up this year in Nevada, we walked up to the, to, to the like, there's like a, like a radio, not a radio tower. There's like a, a ski lift at the top, isn't there? Yeah, um, I didn't get to the top. No, I didn't get to the top because it was, just wasn't safe. Yeah. Um, um, we weren't really pre-warned about what was going to be happening, were we? So, so I had like, yeah, my, my, my brogues that I go to the pub in. You had your Ugg boots, um, and we weren't really. <laughs> anyway, everybody survived. That, that, my that, that, feet were real warm though, but it got to a point like halfway up, and uh, me and Tanner are like sliding off this cliff, and there's these two people proper like kitted out. Like, what are you doing? You shouldn't be here. What's going on? And we were all like. I don't know, like chasing like Lars at the front, absolutely marching. 
But this year we had the proper guides with some the spike plates on our feet and like the poles and stuff. So it it was like uh, the the best. Yeah, it was like health and safety was considered, wasn't it? I would imagine there was a risk (laughs) assessment that were made. But the previous year it was like being on a school trip in the nineteen seventies when it's just like go and do what you want, really. (laughs) (laughs) It was insane. Everyone survived. So we're all we're all here to tell the tale, aren't we? Which is. um, which is good. And that leads us, um, all that talk of walking um, at altitude and, and leaving calves at high speed, Alice, it's taken us on to the next, well, the, the next segment of this show, and it's called Guess That Snack. We'll play the jingle in a moment. And I know that you, um, you when you communicated with me a few days ago, and you kindly agreed to come on this podcast, let me just get up the text. Workouts. You mentioned to me, <laughs> yeah. Um, let me just see, what did you say? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, just to, I've just emailed your details. Looks good. I say I said cool beans. I bet you thought, oh my god, he said cool beans. That's strange. Anyway, th- just to clarify, I def- this is you. Just to clarify, I definitely know my workouts from my Doritos and my Pringles, and I'm like, good to know. Workouts? Do you mean what's it? <laughs> so, Anyone who knows yeah. me knows that my texts are a bit. You gotta be cryptic um, messages. Yeah. So yeah. Luckily, I, did, I couldn't now. work. It was fine, yeah. It was fine. Well, what we're going to do, hopefully, if we we can just get maybe you and back on the line again to play the little jingle, um, and I want you to react if you can, in in, in honestly, in, in in all honesty, to the jingle itself, because I've I've heard it, but we've never used it in a podcast yet because it's a, it's a new jingle sung by Cecile Utrop, actually. So we'll get that played now. Guess that snake. Guess that snake. Oh yeah, guess that snake. Jazzy. Jazzy, that's not anything. Any, any other feedback? Um, well, I, I guess it um, is quite to the point. Yeah, yeah. it basically says in the, the segment's called Guess That Snack. <laughs> she sings Guess That Snack, and there's some music uh, laid over. Uh, thanks to Perry App Gwyneth, uh, a good mate of mine, who uh, produced that little segment. So we are going to play Guess That Snack. Um, but do you know what? I've gone a bit rogue because I saw, I kind of, reading into that message you sent me, I thought, you're coming in confident. You've you've obviously listened. Oh, no. I, 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 you've listened to a couple of the podcasts and the, and the snacks we've used. So I've gone. It's nothing completely off piece. So don't don't stress. Try and relax. Maybe use some of the techniques that Dino suggested before a TT. Yeah. Just stay focused. Um, I'm just going to briefly leave um, my little um, IKEA desk, and I've got a piano in the corner, and the snacks are on there. I'm just going to go and get it. Just hold on. Right, I'm back. Right, okay. Um, and just to add a little bit of theatre, um, all the snacks are still in their original bags. How cool is that? I did just hear that. Yeah. I heard the plonk on the plate. There we go. So I'm just going to move my little notepad. Um, and then we're going to... So basically, I've got three three snacks. Um, I'm going to name them all for you. Then we're going to eat them in a particular order. And as I eat them, I'm just going to ask you to guess the snack, the first snack. So what I've got, I've got butter-kissed crunchy toffee popcorn okay mm-hmm. yeah. so i'm just going to open that bag now uh like a mini kind of fun size bag um 20 grams 85 kilocalories per bag super tasty um all of these are got from poundland and they don't sponsor the pod but if you want to get in contact that'd be great pound for a bag of popcorn uh no but eight bags oh a pound wow. for eight okay. eight fun size bags of popcorn so you can just hear the popcorn on the plate next up walker's square crisps yeah. Walker's squares. Okay. Are they salt and yeah. vinegar? How do you know that? 
Because I love salt and vinegar. Oh, right. Okay. Blimey. I thought... I, I was a bit worried that I, I had my... I could hear um, it by the packet. You could just hear You could hear the colour of the bag and the flavour just by the sound. Absolutely incredible. Right. So I've got a few of those on the plate. Uh, moving on. Uh, next up, an absolute stone cold classic and one of my all time favourite snacks of all time, frazzles. Oh, gross. <laughs> what do you mean gross? They're amazing. Oh. Right. So you're not a fan of frazzles then? <laughs> not really. Have you Is ever eaten think- a frazzles? Are they the ones that they're like the bacony? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I can. If you got your laptop, look them up online. <laughs> you can <laughs> see. But frazzles uh, in like a ready kind of like yeah red coloured bag with a yellow logo uh, with like a lightning bolt, uh, like a bacon lightning bolt. So I've got yeah. frazzles, um, and I've sprinkled a few of those. I'll, I'll probably have these for my lunch later. To be honest with you. Well, it's a bit it's, early it's, for crisps. It is a little bit early. That I don't normally eat crisps in the morning. Um, it's normally lunch or beyond. I mean, it's a strange thing to have in the morning. Um, but because you know, we've got um, because we're on the podcast, we're just going to do it. We're going to go completely rogue now. So just to recap, we've got popcorn, toffee popcorn. We've got Smith's square crisp, salt and vinegar flavour, and we've got um, Smith's frazzles as well, crispy bacon flavour. Um, I need you to guess. So first up is this. I'm going to pop one of these into my mouth. I'm going to give it a crunch and I need to ask you what you think it is from a frazzle, a square crisp or a popcorn. So first up is this. That's his squares. Per- correct. Correct to Mondo. What point anyway, is that? You just get a single point. Oh. No, no, I thought, no, actually, hold on. I think you might get 100 yeah, Brad got a hundred. He did so. <laughs> so you've listened. You'd have listened. So hundred points. So a hundred out of hundred so far. Hundred percent record. That was a square. Yeah, <clears throat> I could um, hear the salt and vinegar of that as well. You, you could. Yeah, that's, that, that's an astonishing skill to have. I mean, you're blessed, really, aren't you? That is amazing. Um, okay, next up is this. Okay, here we go. It's going in. Popcorn. Correct. Talk us through. Yeah. Talk us through. <laughs> talk us through. You thinking there? Um, bit crunchier than a frazzle. A frazzle is like not as substantial. Shall I? I'm going to do a frazzle now, just for the record, so other yeah. people can play along and just think and just well, marvel at your uh, your skills. So this is a frazzle popping in now. Okay, it was a bit more crunchy than I thought, mm. actually, but that's fine. But it's slightly more to it, um, not quite as crisp as a um, as a square, um, but a little bit more crunchy. The way it all con- sounds, it sounds like it'd be a horrific sight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not a fan of people eating with their mouth open, but it sounds like you're proper going for it. Yeah, sorry, that's not. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's we're a not podcast, though, so it's fine. Yeah, thank goodness it's a podcast. Well, well, well done. We'll play some more music now. Actually, let's have an outro. Uh, you let's play. Let's play the outro to guess that snack. Three hundred points for Alice Barnes. Guess that snack. Guess that snack. Oh yeah, guess that snack. <laughs> oh, absolutely wonderful! What a pod we're having. We're having a lot of fun. I'm actually hey. relieved by that. I was quite worried about it all, really. But I bet you're quite nervous, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, th- I can't remember if Brad got it all right. I think he might have got one right, and then the next two, then one wrong. Um, everybody's been relatively good so far, but um, 
I think it was the Thomas de Gent one was quite hard because I was a bit worried that he knew what the kind of snacks were. So I had to use, um, like for Watsits, for example, swap those out for Cheetos to make it yeah. international. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but there we go. Alice, so we moving on. Um, I, I want to know um, a little bit more about you, um, if that's okay. Um, so, so outside of cycling, I mean, is there anything interesting that you're willing to share with us that kind of illustrates so about what you're into, what you like, you know, that's something that not the cycling Alice Barnes. What, what do you like doing outside of cycling? Or are you just like a cycling nut? Uh, not a cycling nut at all. No. Um, I don't know. I've been, I do like socialising. So that's a bit of a hit at the moment. But mm, yeah, um, I do a bit of sewing every now and then. I, it was a bit of an impulse buy a few years ago. I bought a sewing machine. Oh, um yeah. So yeah, I've got that out again. I just I made some drawstring bags, um, and just got some elastics. I think I might start making some face masks. Um, oh cool, yeah, of course, yeah. That's um, it's quite a it handy. It's nice. I think it's really handy. It is handy. I think I've made some things before, but they just take a few hours, mm. and yeah, it's a bit of a commitment to sit down and start. But once you've actually made it, you're like, yeah, pretty proud of that one. What's the best thing you've made? Then, I'll, then I'll give you mine. Um, well, I just made like a little pinafore apron thing with like a frilly one. Very nice. Frilly frat flowery, but it took about three hours. Right, you'll have to send us a picture of that, and we'll stick it on the uh, on the in the social media on the lead up to dropping this pod. Okay. Sewing <clears throat> chat. Yeah. Sewing <laughs> chat. Um, no, I made a I made a, a cushion. The first thing I made was a cushion with a flower on it. And then I made a tote bag with E.T. on the side in 1981. And that wow. was, my mum, I think my mum still got it. They were good days. Were was good it days. one of those like retro sewing machines that came on a table? Yes, it was. <clears throat> yeah, you see yeah. them a lot like now as furniture. Yeah, that there it, it was, it was a Singer one. Um, oh, nice. And, and it, I think it was from the 1920s or something like that. And it had been passed down from my, um, my, from my nan to my mum. Uh, and you had... It didn't plug in. You had to pump it with your foot. Yeah. Um, but it's it's. Do you know what? In, in all seriousness, they, they are beautiful to look at. They are. And it's a hi- highly skilled until you actually know what it feels like to get a a needle through your your thumbnail or something like that. That's happened a couple of times. That is painful because there's a, quite a lot of power behind a sewing machine, isn't there? You don't, you don't want to muck around. What are you doing with your thumb under the needle, though? I don't know. I mean, I was young and it punctured my. I I was sewing something because you can go back and forwards, can't you? But it went. It went. <laughs> Through my thumbnail into my thumb, and I then came out again. So it went boom, and it just like <laughs> punk, punctured, and it went. It was horrible. Okay. So I, I didn't. I didn't go near that sewing machine uh, again for, for for quite a long time. But um, yeah, sewing can be dangerous, kids. So just uh, just have an adult nearby, really, or just or just take your time. You don't, you don't want to rush into it, do you? No. No, definitely not. Well, Alice, when did you? Start biking. How'd you get into it? Who got you into it? Because obviously, you know, in the same team with with your sister Hannah. So is it obviously a family thing, or, or what happened there? Yeah. Um. So we always did like family cycling holidays when we were kids, um. And then we moved to Toaster, um, which is near Milton Keynes. Oh yeah, because you're from not Northampton kind of area, aren't you? Yeah. So we went. To Phil Corley Cycles, which is in Milton Keynes. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that. I know um, Phil very well. And then went to the, saw when my dad was just getting some parts for his bike, 
Um, there was just like a <clears throat> an advertisement for MK Bowl Team Keen. So we just went along every Wednesday and it was, I think every week it changed discipline. So it was yeah. literally just a bit of everything, which is probably why we carried that on for a while. Um, <clears throat> so that's when I was eight and we just, yeah, from there really. I was eight, Hannah was 10 and my... We've got a brother that not many people know about. No, I didn't know about a secret brother. What's his name? Henry. You're, allowed, you're, allowed, you're allowed to talk about well, you've done it now. Henry. <laughs> right. What does Henry, Henry do? Does he um, live in the loft or something on his own or something like that? Or No, he. No, no. well, he's now a true surgeon, but he was actually oh. the um, most successful one at the start. He became national champion first as a under 10, I think it was. Oh, I, I, sorry, a national champion cyclist, not a national champion tree surgeon. <laughs> no, a cyclist. No, no, okay. So, yeah, we just all travelled together and um, I guess that was just what kind of took over our lives from there. And 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 you've enjoyed, you know, a lot of success. I mean, that's, that's, how, how do your parents kind of view it? You know, you both, uh, you and your sister I'm talking about now, both in one of the world's best teams. You've yeah. both been British champion. Um, how, how does, how do they view things? They must be very, very happy and very proud. Um, yeah, I guess very happy that, every all the time and money they put into it has kind of come come out of as something um I think uh, when we were kids and we started cycling and um you're traveling up and down the country every weekend one weekend we're in Scotland and next we could be in like South Wales or Cornwall um my dad stopped becoming a well stopped being a farmer which he'd done his whole life um and became a lorry driver um, just because he needed the weekends off and the evenings um, took us to sessions and stuff like that. So li- it literally just kind of, yeah, took up our whole family's lives and all our holidays were as a youth tour and that kind of thing, which we all yeah. loved. So it's not it's not like we've ruined their lives, I don't think. Yeah. But um, yeah, they're really proud and we've just, um, we just loved it really. So yeah, it's quite nice. Uh, and what about, I mean, I've obviously spent a little bit of time and some camps with you and your sister and you seem to get on really well, but is there yeah. a, is, is there a kind of, what kind of... I, you I, want I to say this, sibling rivalry, but yeah. you know everyone asks the same questions. I know, I, I do, <laughs> but I just, I mean, but again, this is your first pod and it's the first time you might talk yeah. about it on a pod and people, people see you as sister, this, you know, they see you as who you are, but I just... Um, there's races now that you're going into where one might be the leader or you both yeah. domestiques and stuff, but then the British championships, you know, when you're both fighting for the, for that, for the, for the stripes, that must be quite an interesting one to go into. Do you, do you put it this way then I'm waffling now. Do you have a plan when you go into British championships? Is it like, we're just going to look after each other and it's the best that wins or do you, how do you play it when you come into the British champs and both of you want to win? Um, I think this one, I'd come off the back of the Euro games where I'd got, two fourths and then yeah. I'd won the TT and I think Hannah just kind of said we'll we'll race it because you never know what's going to happen there's just two of us and there's some big teams um like drops I guess they had they had quite a few but you never know how other teams are going to race it um and we kind of just had to be smart with it but she knew that um if it came down to kind of the strongest that I was going the best and she said that she'd do everything she could to help me win um, because she thought that was the best chance of one of us bringing it home. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it was, it was a really interesting race and actually kind of strange how it panned out. Um, 
it was there was a breakaway away and she kind of initiated bringing it back when it turned into a bit of a crosswind and then from there the move I was in kind of formed and then yeah I just rode it to the line but yeah she was yeah over the moon for me to win it and I think us being on the same team it kind of helps you know ne- we're never racing against each other except sure. for nationals anymore yeah. and we're either racing for a, a teammate or we're racing for each other so I think when you are racing like that I think you'll do anything for your teammate but you'd go that bit further for your sister I guess yeah um, I mean, that must yeah. have been a you've had some big wins in your career but that must have obviously been the crowning glory of the road career aside from the world team time trial championships which we'll get onto in a minute but one of the things I love about you know cycling imagery and and you know photographs of, of riders crossing the line with their arms in the air and you know unbridled joy in their face. I mean, it's, it's a lovely image of you crossing the line with that smile because it's it's a special special moment winning the British the Road Championships, isn't it? Yeah, it was, and I think I had the biggest pressure going on just from how I was going in the TT, and everyone was saying I was the favourite. Um, yeah, and obviously. It doesn't really matter what people say because it is you, you want to win, win the race. So, the, it sh- but it is a bit more pressure, and um, it was yeah a lot of joy, but also a bit of relief as well. I think so. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And what about the um, the World Championships team time trial, which you won with Canyon Shroud? Of course, it was with with Hannah as well. Both yeah. of you on the team um, winning that. I mean, World Championship that that very specialist discipline against some of the the finest protagonists of that discipline as well. Bowles Dolmans was second, Sunweb third. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what what was that like? I mean, that must have been absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I think that was the most nervous I've ever been in my life. Wow, um, okay. I was in the team with the girls who had all either won the Worlds as team time trial or been on the podium. I was the only one who'd never done a Worlds TTT or been on the podium. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Okay. So I felt like, yeah, I was kind of the least in tune with it. Um, but we'd done, and also then the team had put so much time into it. And it's the one race in the world where you are there as your team, not your nation. So it's a massive um, deal for the team and the sponsors. So, yeah, there was a lot of time and effort put into it. And it just everything kind of added together and um yeah I think Canyon Strand before it was that um kind of dominated the TNTT at the Worlds and yeah for a few years hadn't been on the top step um so just everything added up and yeah we just wanted to win um and then it just I don't know it was one of the we all speak about it and it was the strangest race there was because it was quite easy and I guess that just shows how well dialed we were but you'd kind of you'd do your turn and you'd put everything into it when you were on the front and then by the time you'd kind of recovered for two or three others turns you felt fresh again and you're like oh I'm not I'm not pulling my weight I'm not going hard enough I need to do more but we were just recovering so quickly because we were at air room we'd like nailed our changes and all that and saving energy um and Stram had made a special chain ring, so I think we were 58 or 60 to the chain ring. Because, I mean, when you say it's easy, I mean, you, you still rode at like over 52 kilometres an hour. And, yeah. But, but but it was, I mean, I, I was I was there, saw saw the course. you got beautiful roads 
and the profile, apart from a couple of little kickers, was essentially downhill, wasn't it, as well? Yeah. Gr- very, very gradually. So and I think it's a, a tailwind. Different, yeah, and so it's a different sort of effort. So as, as you know, when you're riding in a tailwind uh, on, on the flat, it, when you're going really, really flat out, because of the sense of speed, it's a different sort of physiological feeling, isn't it? The suffering's yeah. different than riding into a headwind or up a nasty little drag when you're right into the red, isn't it? Yeah, it was it was it was very fast and it all went by so quickly, but yeah, just waiting for the I think there was two or three teams finishing after us, which is the longest wait ever. <laughs> and I know you were um, talking about the, the effort that, that um, Beth and, and Ronnie put into the team um for that in particular you you roped in dan bingham didn't you who's been helping you with your position i mean how i mean without getting too kind of super technical i mean that and you talked about you had your the discipline dial the changes were right the aero equipment there was a lot of thought Uh, do you think apart from obviously your physiological effort do you think learning about how to get more aero definitely definitely helped yeah for sure it was um just being constantly reminded because it's something that you know you need to do you know you need to be as aero as you can be in the in these disciplines Mm. but it's just being reminded all the time in the radio and or using the road or getting our changes dialed so we're saving the riders behind and you're flowing a lot smoother and yeah just being aero you you hear some of I, I mean I don't really remember many of them but you do hear what some overshoes save you or doing this saves you and all those things and you think about how many watts it's saving you or seconds and it's quite yeah unbelievable really actually i think that little segue talking about the uh, the 2018 worlds leads us into the next little segment that we've got and it's um i did warn you before that you'd have a little quiz yeah uh, about yourself so that was a big exhalation of breath there you get any, you need to shake yourself down you do a couple of lunges i mean you need to stretch and do a couple of stretches if you want alice um but i need to stretch your mind here because it is the alice barnes quiz 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 quiz, quiz. alice i'm gonna ask you three questions yeah. um the first two are multiple choice, so I don't get too stressed. Okay. Um, it's all about you and and the races that you've that you've done. Basically, it's stats about races, really, just to test you. Um, so I'm going to go in for question number one. Okay, here we go. So, so think, <laughs> get your thinking cap on. Yeah. Get yourself nice and relaxed. Get yourself in the zone. Just think about sort of Dino, a little mini Dean Downing on your shoulder, just talking you through um, what's going to happen next. Here we go. That might put you off, actually, to be honest with you. Maybe <laughs> maybe don't think about that. Anyway, right. Okay, question one. <laughs> Your average speed for winning the National Time Trial Championships in 2019 was, I'm going to give you some choices, so I need to know your average speed. Was it A, 45.214 kph? Was it B, 45.314 kph? Or was it C, 45.414 kilometers an hour? So it's correct. Straight in there. <laughs> Flipping it. Now, did you know that or did you just think C is going to be the right answer? What did you think? How, I, what are, un- I thought I know he's going to answer that question. So then I went and looked yesterday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. I'm terrible at remembering numbers, but 414 is, was quite an easy one to remember. 
Well, if you think about it, the two ways of looking at 414, it's actually one number, not three. And it's also, it, it's there's a certain poetry to it, symmetry to it, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, and that, that's the it. only way I remembered. So well, I was well, well like, done. Is this the one that was at 414? Or? And then you said, <laughs> you said, what did you say? 114. And I was like, here we go. Two one four. Two one four. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well done. So that's okay. your t- again. Uh, when you it's combine, not cheating. It's just. It's no. No. It's preparation. I mean, yeah. when you know you've got an exam, um, obviously, you know, um, when the exam's happening, it's all in your mind. But if yeah. you've got a, you know, you know, you've got an exam, you're going to prepare for it, and that I've had just nothing better that. to do lately. So exactly. There you go, Alice. I mean, you, you're professional. That's what, <laughs> that was. I think the takeaway from this is that you know what you're talking about. You're professional. You're focused, uh, even in these difficult times. <laughs> Question number two. Okay. When he won the World Team Time Trial Championships, as we described in a lot of detail a few moments ago, in 2018 in Innsbruck, how much did you beat second-placed Bowles Dolmans by? Okay. Oh, God. So Bowles Dolmans placed second. Um, and I'm going to give you three choices. Did you beat them, you and your Canyon Strand teammates, did you beat them by A, 19 seconds, B, 22 seconds, C, 24 seconds? Mm. Mm. Didn't look this one up, did you? <laughs> no, this is a problem. I did, but I was oh, didn't did, pay you, much you, attention. You, you did. Oh my god! Fair play to you. I need to get a bit more unpredictable on my answers. I thought, <laughs> yeah, my questions. Um. Oh, this is awkward because I'm on Firefox, and if I went across the Safari, it's probably still there. But I'm not going to do that. No, don't do that. Um, keep, keep the integrity of the queen 20, intact. It was B twenty two. Correct. Yes. Well done. I thought I thought it was fourteen, but I don't know where that oh, came yeah. from. Uh, yeah, twenty-two seconds, so one hundred percent winning. This is a quite astonishing winning streak. All of the snacks correct. First two questions of the quiz correct. Can you hold on to your one hundred percent record? This is like the crescendo of a bike race. This is the end of a bike race coming into the finish. We've gone under the kilometer to go flag, and we're heading into question number three. Is it about Flanders? No. Oh no! You've asked everyone about their first Flanders. <laughs> and I was like, "Here we go." <laughs> no, uh, no. Oh, I have. Yeah, because I, I asked Celia about her first Flanders, and I asked Brad about his first Flanders. Yeah. Me? Right. Well, I'm asking you about the Turingen Rundfahrt in 2008 and 18. Okay. Right. Okay. Turingen Rundfahrt 2018, stage six. You were victorious. Okay. Who though were the other riders on the podium? On oh. that stage. Who was second? Who was second, sorry, and who was third? So stage six. six Elena Cicchini and Lisa Brunauer. Correct. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Round of applause there for a 100% winning streak from Alice Barnes. I mean, that, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? You, you do remember big wins and stuff, don't you? Big results. And, um, but, um, yeah, fair play to you. I mean, um, that was a, that was a good win. Was it, was it a sprint victory? Did you just chin off or something, or were you you were a couple of seconds in front, weren't you? Um, yeah, I not don't know how much by, but basically, I was having a shocking race, like <clears throat> the whole stage race, and it was a second to last stage. And Beth said there was this big climb in it, and Beth said you have to get in the breakaway to get over the climb at the front, and I was like, oh gosh. Yeah. So literally, I was not normally is there a massive fight in women's races just for one breakaway. Normally, there's just breakaways all the time. Um, but this one stage was just everyone wanted to be in the breakaway. And I was like, this is not going to be easy as I thought. 
And then I did. I got in the breakaway. We absolutely cruised the climb. And I think the peloton closed like three minutes in it and caught us. And it was tiny group. Um, and they caught us right, right at the top of the climb because I'm not a climber, so I wouldn't have been there. And then we were just being, it was only me and Eleanor um, in the bunch. And we were just being attacked left, right and centre by Sunweb, who I think had five or six. And um, just then I thought, well, if they're attacking us, I'm just going to attack. And I went with 8K to go. And because I wasn't Blimey. in GC, um, no one chased me. And then literally, I think they right. just started chasing um, and I was just going flat out and, yeah, I got to the line and then Eleanor won the sprint from the bunch. So kind of had it covered, I guess. But, yeah, I yeah, good. it was a pretty good one. That's pretty cool. I mean, um, we, we're going to start to wrap things up in just a few moments, but um, um, what, what's been your most satisfying day on a, on a bike? doesn't have to be your win it's just just the day that you thought that's just everything just fell into place at the right time and it felt good or you got it's got the best buzz off what's the best day um i think yeah when i when i'm ever asked this it is ttt worlds yeah. just because yeah. it was yeah everyone always said oh it's a, it's really special to be on the podium with your team and i'd never been on a ttt podium before yeah. Um, and then to be on it on the top step at Worlds was just like, oh, yeah, I really know what everyone's on about now. And then to be there with my sister as well is quite pretty yeah, cool, I think. There's, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big statistician, but if there's, a, if there's been a th- any teams that have won the Worlds with, brother, with brothers or sisters, I think BMC did it with the... With the uh, Schlex. Yeah, the, the, uh, no, I don't think the Slates have won it, but there's another there's another set of brothers who rode for BMC who now make cycling clothing, and I can't remember their name, and I think they've been on the podium before. Mm. But um, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's I mean that, that's exceptionally cool. I mean, it must be pretty amazing. I mean, um, it's, and it's been it's been lovely to chat with you. But yeah. what I need what I, I do need to do before we go, I'm not going to quiz you about anything. What I'm going to do is ask you for your big TV recommendation during lockdown. I mean, you said you've been consuming a lot of telly. I've certainly been watching a lot of television, a lot more than I normally watch. What would you recommend to somebody to, that they should sit through? Um, well, we've just finished a series called White Lines, which was pretty good. Although oh, yeah. That's on Netflix, isn't it? It is. Um, it did drag a bit, but it was, yeah. did have you on your feet. No, not on your feet. On the edge of your seat. <laughs> On the seat, blimey, was it? <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, and also, I think a lot of people might have seen it, but it's Normal People, which it's BBC, I think it was. Great series, and that literally just smashed through it. Really? So, yeah, that was it. Have I've you not heard, seen I, it? No, I've not seen White Lines. And um, the thing is, I'm away a lot, and now I'm back. I'm catching up. So I, I'm like, a decade behind. I've just started watching Breaking Bad, and that uh, that oh, started in two thousand and eight. That one, <laughs> that, that so, one so, wasn't one of me. No, uh, but um, but White Lines looks good, and I've only heard good things about Normal People. I just yeah. keep seeing people randomly talking about it on Twitter and stuff, which suggests it's a, it's a good watch. Is yeah. it is it an emotional roller coaster, Alice? Um, I don't know how many episodes, but I probably didn't cry for two. So, All right, but I do cry a lot. I cry a lot on, especially yeah. when I'm in planes watching films. I, I cried watching *The Star Is Born* uh, and *Bohemian Rhapsody* um, last year, um, but I do. I, I'm quite an emotional chap. 
Yeah. Um, I, I must Ollie say. always keeps looking across at me like, oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's just, you're just expressing yourself through, through yeah, the medium of tears. just because I've got feelings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, you've got feelings and also you've got... Um, a heart. Razor, a razor, you've got a heart, but more importantly, well, one could argue this, you've got razor-sharp knowledge, not only of yourself, but of snacks. Yeah. So well done. Well done on the quizzes. <laughs> And, and well done for being so, to, to being so fantastic. It's been a great chat, Alice. Yeah. It's whiz We're nearly an hour. It's been great. We've had some, uh, we listened to Sile's theme tune in there. We're going to lob some other kind of weird bits in the mix as well. But for now, Alice, um, it's been fantastic. You take care of yourself. You too. Thanks up, for having yeah, me. Yeah, and catch up with you very, very soon. Yeah, maybe on Swift. Yeah, maybe on Swift. Maybe we would do the Donny Chain Gang again or just some random Swift ride, but I'll probably see you on there and give you a ride on. Perfect. But don't don't attack while I'm doing the ride on because I have to take my hands <laughs> off the handlebars and do it on the on the app because I've not got it attached to my bars. Unbelievable. I know. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you. Last week, you might remember, I was deeply saddened to be missing the Giro d'Italia, but I managed to replace it with an equally exciting and interesting sport to commentate on: the Grand Chores. Now it's time for stage two: folding the laundry fresh from the tumble dryer. Grand Tours Stage 2 is removing the tumble drying from the tumble dryer. Many people may see this as a pretty simple task, but it, it certainly isn't because we've got to time the attack perfectly and need to stop the machine with the optimal moisture content still in the clothes, which will hopefully negate any need for ironing so we don't need them too dry and certainly not too wet. So the cycle is just ending now, just heading over to the machine itself, opening the door and immediately, oh! Uh, a bit of a, a bit of a curveball here. One of the red lights has gone on. Now there's no extraction port for moisture on this particular model. It's a Bico tumble dryer, um, and it does seem that the reservoir is full. We have to remove the reservoir. Just hear me cut. Oh, it's totally full. Remove the reservoir. Empty the water. And like I said because of the lack of extraction, the water does build up, and it's going to play on the mind. Play on my mind. If I do not get rid of this water, water before commencing with the folding all sorts could kick off and that's actually put me in a bit of a difficult position so I'm pulling all of the tumble drying out of the machine got it on the chin oh I've lost a sock a sock has gone I'm gonna have to rewash the sock big shame there oh and of course there's gonna be an odd one as well so that sock is a bit of a casualty the stuff on the side um on a work surface which is good and uh I've now got to work very very fast indeed before I use the chin to hold the top of the pulp but of course I did lose that sock, happens all the time, something I need to work on. First up I've got the jogging bottoms, now one leg is inside out, the other is fine. So I'm going to untangle those, fold them up with a quick snap technique, give them a bit of a pull as well, there's a few creases here but not too many. I think we've actually managed to remove these at the optimal time. I said a little margin for error here with this procedure. It's all about making sure you fold them at the right time. And also get your stacking technique right as well. I've got a t-shirt here, hanging it by my chin, folding it down, bringing it back in, just using my hands to press it. And the pile's getting bigger and bigger. I've got a couple of socks here, and this is always a bit a bit difficult. I've got a pile of socks here. I've got a spotted sock and a stripy sock. And for the life of me, cannot find a pair. But no, I found a pair. I've got a pair here. Stripy socks. Now I'm going to bring them together, one in my left hand and one in my right hand, bring the socks together using my first, second and third finger, tuck part of the top part of the sock into the other stock and roll it into that classic elongated ball. 
absolutely wonderful stuff. I've learned that over many, many years. My mother back in, I think it was 1976, taught me this technique. We're doing it again, left to right, bring them together, tuck in the fingers, get that ball going. Got a pair of jeans here, Ooh, left the jeans at the bottom of the pile. If they don't work very quickly, these jeans are gonna have a big crease in them. That's gonna be not very good at all, affecting the morale deep into the week. So what I'm doing now is to fold them in two, and stretching them. So my right arm is, put, is pushing to the right, my left arm to the left, and a big stretch, pulling the creases out of those jeans, pulling, pulling, and pulling again before refolding and adding them to the pile. And finally, and a couple of tea towels here, using the whipping technique, stretches the fabric, negating any creases at all, putting them straight on to that little bar on the edge of the cooker. And boy, do they look neat. If you want to suggest any of your own ideas for the Grand Chores, get in touch on Twitter at Sigma Sports and at Real Stevens using the hashtag Grand Chores with a big G and a small C to add emphasis. Or better yet, send us your videos and I'll commentate on them on an upcoming podcast. Bonus points for wearing Lycra like I do when I do my chores. And don't forget, for a limited time, you can get £20 off a new pair of ASOS shorts or bib shorts. Just head to sigmasports.com forward slash podcast for all the details. Thanks, everyone, for listening as ever. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. And why not rate it and recommend it to your cycling buddies, if you haven't already. And finally, I'd just like to thank once more Alice Barnes for being such a tremendous guest. That was a lot of fun. What's that? What's going on? Oh yeah, I'm just sewing my National Stripes into my t-shirt heading out to Aldi. Thought I'd wear them around there if I can't race in them. Oh, um, I'm heading out to Poundland tomorrow for the weekly shop. Could, can I, could, could you do my hoodie for me? Yeah, I'll just pop it in the post. Oh, thanks. No worries.